money would solve so many of my problems. Sure, they say that you'll just have different problems, but the ones I've been dealing with my entire adult life have gotten pretty stale. And literally all of those could be solved with money. And a lot of the problems trans people have in this country could also be solved with money. Can you imagine a world where billionaires weren't all class traders, where a trans philanthropist pulled a Patagonia and made the world better for all of us? Me neither. But in the 1960s, we had about as close as that as we're ever likely to get. Tonight, we'll be talking about philanthropist Reed Erickson, someone who was born with a lot of money, happened to be trans, and somehow didn't let the former consume and destroy the latter. This is Our Sacred History, a podcast about the forgotten stories of transgender people, a part of the Totally Trans Network. I'm Katie Coleman, and this episode is on Reed Erickson. Born in Texas to a wealthy family who owned a lead smelting business, he was almost 50 years old when his father died, and he inherited the company. The next year, he transitioned. In 1964, he founded the Erickson Education Foundation, which was entirely self-funded. Their mission statement was to provide assistance and support in areas where human potential was limited by adverse physical, mental, or social conditions, or where the scope of research was too new, controversial, or imaginative to receive traditionally oriented support. And this mostly meant research in transsexualism, but it should be noted that he was also deeply interested in homeopathy and some wilder science, like a dolphin communication device, and he funded the first edition of the New Age classic A Course in Miracles, which I don't know a ton about, but it was one of the books we had to keep behind the counter when I worked at a bookstore because it would always get stolen. He donated $2 million to One, an LA-based homophile organization, which I don't have the time to donate an entire episode to, but suffice to say One spot off from the Mattachine Society and was basically a nonprofit that tried to eliminate bias and fund and conduct studies into homosexuality in a serious academic context. Because if you want things like laws to change, that's the kind of shit you gotta do. They published the homosexual magazine throughout the 50s and 60s, which is just wild to think about, and despite everything against them, they did manage to make the first strides toward acceptance in mainstream America. And the two mil from Reed Erickson certainly helped. He managed this melting company well and sold it in 1969 for about $5 million. His net worth was estimated at around $40 million around that time, which is around $350 million in today's money. So not quite Bezos level, but he certainly never had to work again. And could he have done more? Of course he could have. He was still outrageously rich, and the money he gave to further trans causes was a fraction of the total. But one wasn't lurking to help trans people, so Erickson needed to do more. He was receiving hormones and eventually surgery through Harry Benjamin, who honestly might be the only cis person who gets an episode of this podcast. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Anyway, Erickson started to fund research and education and helped create the Harry Benjamin Foundation, which would eventually change its name to Habigda, the Harry Benjamin International Gender Dysphoria Association. Uh, He helped start the first trans clinic at John Hopkins. He sponsored public addresses on trans people at medical conferences, police, and at universities. He started a newsletter, published books on sexual reassignment surgery, and started the International Symposium on Gender Identity, which became WPATH in 2007. The first of these was held in 1969 in London. And all of this just seems outlandish to me, as the state of trans education when I was a kid growing up in the 90s and 2000s seemed to be just 
complete dog shit. I think all the time about what would have happened if I had told my parents at eight years old that I wanted to be a girl in Tennessee in the 90s. They certainly would have found me a therapist, I know that much, but what therapist would I have had? Would they have recommended conversion therapy? Would I have been put on blockers? It's not helpful to think this way, of course, but also, how can you not? I would have had a completely different life, one way or another, and those two paths diverge significantly on the crux of academic education. The chances that a therapist would have had the proper understanding and tools to get me what I needed then were probably pretty low. But at the time, I didn't even know there was a chance. And what chance there was? Reed Erickson created it. Harry Benjamin did a lot for trans people, sure, but he was still a cis man. We need people like us in positions of power. And in America, the best position of power, sadly, is having a lot of money. Habigdas itself is responsible for what medical advances we've enjoyed in the last 50 years, no matter how complicated and sometimes problematic these hoops can get how much red tape and gatekeeping and trans medicalists have sprung up in their place. Erickson's personal life was a different story. As he became more and more interested in altered consciousness, spiritual healing, and psychedelia, he became addicted to ketamine and cocaine, which eventually left him, quote, physically and mentally impaired. And unfortunately, like a lot of people with a drug problem, he became more and more erratic. His professional meetings were often described as paranoid or delusional. And this is where the trouble began between him and Dorleg, the head of One Incorporated. You see, One needed a home base, and Reed Erickson had a lot of money, so he bought an old mission out in California called the Millbank Estate, planning on creating a library and headquarters for One on the estate. However, After he purchased it in cash, it should be noted, he decided to evict one, and a protracted legal battle ensued. Things got ugly. Uh, At one point in a legal document, Dorleg deadnamed Reed, which was something that had been, you know, legally changed 20 years ago. Um, So things got bad between the two of them, and unfortunately it wasn't settled until after Erickson's death. Oh, also I should mention he had a pet leopard named Henry, which is probably animal abuse, but also gives bringing up baby vibes, so it's a mixed bag for me. He moved to Mexico to avoid prosecution for drugs and died in 1992 at the age of 74. His legacy was the largest international trans advocacy program, for better or worse. He's officially on the record of contributing to the research of at least 24 different physicians from 1963 to 1982, and six different publications. 17 different organizations or projects were started based on money he contributed. And two children who continued his philanthropic efforts to some degree, but Monica manages a hedge fund now, and I couldn't track down what his son is doing. So it's hard to underestimate the impact someone with a lot of money can do for their favorite cause. It's just that usually that favorite cause is how to make more money. By no means is this an effort to sanctify Erickson. He was still a rich guy who put himself first, but the fact that anyone had any degree of power to change things for us is incredible, and who knows how many more years it would take us to fight for the scraps we have now. I should also say that having trans billionaires shouldn't be the takeaway from this, because as we all know, there's no such thing as a good billionaire, and they would betray us just like so many others have done. 
but using the capital you have, whether it's money or power or anything else, to do something to lift us all up, you have to do it. We as a community have only gotten so far on the backs of the people that came before us, and if we don't do everything in our power to further our cause, well, then you're either for us or against us, in my eyes. So go join a protest or a mutual aid organization or spread the word, or if you have it, put your money where your mouth is. It's not like people are lining up to do it for you. The new WPATH came out after I wrote the first draft of this, and while there are some great strides forward, many things are still woefully far behind. The work he started in the 60s continues today, and we can all do something to help, even if it seems small. And I believe in us. Thanks for listening. I'm Katie Coleman. As always, I've included a list of sources in the show notes, but they're not formatted in any particular style because I'm not in college anymore and I'm tired. If you want to reach out to me for any reason, you can find me on Twitter at Katie of the Lake or email us at totallytransha at gmail.com. And until next time, remember, we've always been here. And more importantly, we always will be. So hey, welcome back to the off-season. We've got more content than ever this time, and I hope you've been listening. On Monday, Henry is back with another mini-sode, and on Wednesday, Ada Rhodes has another great interview with a trans athlete on MVT. Jack has something cooking in the next couple weeks too, but I can't talk about it yet. If you'd like to support us, you can find us on patreon.com slash totallytrans, and you can find our rad shirts and tote bags and stuff on TeePublic and Redbubble. And more designs are coming soon, I promise. Also, it's super helpful to get ratings and reviews on iTunes as it affects how highly we'll show up on the lists and such. Uh, okay, be safe. I will see you next week. <laughs>